Contact us directly at HMOA number six PACK at gmail.com or through Facebook Messenger. Anthony, sir, it's a very exciting day today. It is. It is. Like, super exciting day. Do you know why it's an exciting day? I don't know. You tell me. Heavy metal over a six pack introducing Because we have our uh, first ever guest on Heavy Metal Over a Podcast. <laughs> heavy metal over a podcast. <laughs> How many times have you done that? <laughs> What's so, my drum set? Hold on. Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm just glad you said first ever guest. You are. You, yeah. No, you are I know. I, I know. So we're gonna, I just didn't know where else you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reset. Anthony, it's very, it's very exciting day today. <laughs> we have our first guest ever on heavy metal over a six pack. We do, we do. The podcast. I would like to introduce everybody. A good friend of mine, longtime friend of mine. What, what has it been? My gosh, almost ten years now, probably. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not more. Probably about that. Uh, this is my buddy Tom Smith. Tom, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. Tom Smith is uh, formerly of uh, Massachusetts local cover band One Odd Nine. Most recently, I would say, like as as far as full band goes. Yes. Um, as far as I know, he was in Acoustic Act, um, Fifty Four and a Half, and anything beyond that, he's uh, he's gonna have to uh, explain to us. Let me. <laughs> um, I invited Tom on uh, on set one. He's a cool dude. Good friend of mine. Uh, I thought he might have like some uh, some fun opinions. Two, he's a uh, he's what I consider a cover band expert. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't look, don't look at me like that. No. Cover band expert, because <laughs> um, the, the the three of us that are currently sitting in the the three of us that are currently sitting in a room right now is uh, we we've all played in uh, cover bands, whether currently, previously. Um, Tom, uh, he he's he's gonna be bashful about it, but he's played in he's played in groups for I would say over twenty years of experience. 
I think when I talked to him on the phone earlier today, he was in the uh, early 90s, like 94. Anthony, how you doing today, bud? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah. You know, living the dream, drinking some beers. You know, Wednesday, so. Wednesday night, drinking beers. Can't, can't, can't argue with that. When, when did you start playing music? Well, when I was like 14, my, uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time played guitar and thought it looked cool, and I liked listening to stuff like ACDC and Kiss back then, and uh, just decided me and uh, my good friend Matt just decided we would start a band with him. So we started learning our instruments. He played drums, or was learning to play drums as I was trying to learn how to play guitar and try to do a band at the same time. So it was uh, quite a mess for a long time. That's how it starts, though. <laughs> oh, that's cool. When I was 14, I had like five bands. None of them ever had practices. <laughs> so <laughs> All we had was practices, and they were... We had fun. I wouldn't say the music was really good, but we had fun. That's cool. So the matters. It's the first tune you ever learned. On guitar, Shot Down in Flames from ACDC. Shot nice. Down in Flames. Nice. My dad would like that. <laughs> I, I really liked a lot of old ACDC. Mm-hmm. I mean, Angus so. alone is, he knows his stuff. Well, and I, I have had the SG since 91. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Same guitar. Same one I got now. I bought brand new in 91. No kidding. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Hey. So what would you say? Uh, so I know ACDC was like the first song. What would you actually say your musical influences are? Well, musical inf- influences, uh, I mean, like I said, that's, that's the stuff I grew up listening to uh, as far as wanting to be in a, a band and play music. When I started singing, or when I was kind of forced into the singing role and we had a singer that wasn't with us anymore and it had a, a void that needed to get filled <clears throat> I uh, kind of jumped in and tried singing the stuff that we were doing which was at the time we were told it had to be classic rock to play in any of the local clubs and that was obviously what we wanted to do as a cover band you want to play out sure, sure. Um, so I tried singing it and I didn't really like it to begin with that much like uh, you know Leonard Skinner and Give me three steps kind of stuff wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, after trying to sing it for a while, I kind of really lost taste for it. No, sorry, this is when you first started? Like, yeah. The, so you were playing guitar and trying to actually cover yeah. the singing for like the... like. Yeah, lead vocal, take over lead. Yeah, it was... Fill it when you can. Pretty sweet. It was... Crash course. Yeah, pretty much. It was, you know, I did, I did backup vocals... You know, mm-hmm. while and again, with the stuff we were playing, you know, rhythm guitar is not really that complex. Sure, sure. So, I did try singing along with it. Then that that band kind of ran its course a little bit and uh, kind of went our separate ways. Everyone kind of moved around, and uh, as far as vocal goes, I kind of got back into singing and. Uh, I know this is heavy metal over a six pack, so don't don't judge me. But this is a judgment free zone. Sir. <laughs> like Planet Fitness without the sweat. And if we uh, if we get any comments about anything that you say today, we'll tell them f you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam. Of course, that's not the bad one. 
I don't think anyone can complain about Eddie Vedder. Say, so what's wrong with Pearl Jam? That that really was one of the things. And then uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker. Okay. I'll, let, I'll just drop that right there. That a boy. So, yeah. Just throwing it out there. I like it. Singing along to Pearl Jam out. 10 and Cracked Rearview Mirror mm-hmm. is what got me into really wanting to just sing. Huh. I believe he does country now. Yes. Side note, I think he... Darius Rucker yes. is, uh, I believe, 100% country. Mm-hmm. As, in, as is Aaron Lewis from Stain. So yes. He does it as well. It's okay. We've, mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of greats. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him, uh, I think, three times yeah. since he's gone country, and he still... He's got, a, he's got a good voice. He still drops all of his old uh, Hootie stuff oh, yeah. in the concerts, so it's yeah, a good fun time. Fact, sure. I actually, I actually I saw him, it was either last summer or the summer before I saw him. Where? Um, he was in uh, Mansfield. I keep wanting to call it Great Woods. So it's, it's Comcast yeah. Center, Xfinity Center, whatever the F it is right now. We, uh... We like to go to the uh, Guilford. Well, I don't remember what that place is called now. Some ranch thing in Guilford. Oh, the, uh, the Indian Bank. Of, no, no, Bank okay. of New Hampshire Pavilion. Bank of America. Uh, at, oh no, no. I, Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion. Yep. At. Oh, it's way up there. Like, something wood. It's it's in Guilford, New Hampshire. So yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. a couple hours to get there, but it's a cool venue. That's like you know little town pretty much opened up the concert venues kind of like a uh, uh, comcast center type feel with the grass you know the lawn out back sure small seating out front so it's but it's small you know talking like four or five thousand people but not obnoxious because mm-hmm. i actually think mansfield's obnoxious yeah no no not at all Especially really small in- cool mm-hmm. setting it doesn't matter where you sit cool. it's, a, it's a good seat it's so. yeah, that's all that matters because i've been to so many shows in mansfield and like if i'm way in the back it's like it's like it's not, so even, silly. not even worth being here no this is and actually they're hosting uh I've seen some some different stuff coming around this year. They do a lot of country in general, but uh, I've seen some uh, some other stuff coming through there as of late, and I'd like to quote it right now, but I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> no problem. So uh, the, uh, the the outlet that I that I knew you best from, Tom, it was was one out nine. When did one out nine form? Well, actually, <clears throat> one out nine is another off spin from the original start so okay. the drummer my my friend matt who we started learning music together came back together after like i said different bouts with you know different bands here or there throughout the years um we started playing together again and the guitar player my sister's boyfriend at the time now ex-husband as uh we were the three of us together again, we picked up our bass player, was a friend of the family, and uh, kind of started from there. So that was, Christ, 10 years ago? 11 years? No, maybe even longer than that. 12 years ago? Oh, really? Was that recent? I thought it was older. Now, I only thought older. I'm just going off of the stories that you told me, so. I think you're right. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it's got to be longer than that. Yeah, probably maybe 15 years ago. So there's a couple of there's a couple of things I wanted that that I was going to bring up, uh, like specifically about one on nine. First off, I mean, I I I honestly can't remember how long ago it was that I first saw you guys play. It had to be probably 
Like, if I've known you for eight, nine, ten years, probably somewhere in that ballpark. So, I, I, one on nine to me, if I was going to give you, a, if I was going to give you like my summary, is that cool hard rock cover band that's not necessarily going to play everything that you go to see a cover band for. Fair. Yeah. Put to it. Yeah. But it was it was good for people like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who don't necessarily want to jump out there yeah, on a the dance floor with a bunch of forty and fifty year olds and you know shake my ass kind of thing? Like I'd rather go up <laughs> so there, get like a wrecking ball, get like a get like a, a jumping circle of fist pumping and like more excitement <clears throat> like that. And um, especially over the last few years of you guys being being in existence, I mean, you guys perfected that, especially in this local area, being here mm-hmm. in Central Massachusetts. Like, I, I, like very impressive. Thank you. That, that means a lot. So, how does that come to be? How do how do you how do you get a group of guys together and then to say, hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do whatever the f we want. So, like I said, when we started, it was, you know, you got to play Leonard Skinner. You got to play ACDC. Well, no, not even ACDC. I mean, they were looking for like Eric Clapton, okay. Leonard Skinner. Uh, you know. Credence, Clearwater. you know, Rolling Stones. They wanted all that. And uh, so we played it for like 10 years until I literally hate hated hearing that music, never mind playing it. It just right. was like nails on a chalkboard to me. Uh, so, again, time change, you know. Everyone gets older, responsibilities. We had big dreams of, you know, writing our own music back then, which never really went that far. And uh, when we went our separate ways, came back together, said we were going to give it a shot again. Said, well, screw it. We're older. We have jobs. This ain't going to be our career. We're not going to be famous doing this. We get that. So let's just have fun and play the music that we like. Because if we like it, somebody else has to like it too. And uh, all we got to do is find them and get them to come see us. Not going to be famous, Tom, or just not going to be rich? Uh, Even make a living. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be our career. Let's put it it that. You're not going to make a career out of being a cover band unless you go all the way and do like a tribute band, which possibly you can make a living at that. Sure, sure. I did. Speaking personally, because uh, I mean, obviously, me and Anthony are also in a, like a cover band. The the, uh, the benefit of playing a cover band is you, you, you get to play like a variety. Sure. Yeah. And you don't have to follow it to a T. Usually, tributes are pretty on point. Yes. So you can't right. really veer from it. I mean, me playing, you know, I like to just do whatever the hell I want. So. Yep. I could never. Bass player does too. <laughs> to this day, we're not sure what he plays. <laughs> Love you, Bob. Um. But then, like, the other thing is you have to actually get a group of guys that are actually passionate enough to actually play, like, a tribute band. Yeah. Um, and, I, and again, it ties you to one box. Right. We like a, you know, even, even though we all liked certain similar types of music, we still all had our own tastes that varied off from there, you know. Sure. So, uh... New incarnation. So you, you guys all come in and say, hey, we're going to play whatever we want. Somebody, somebody will... How'd you sell that, Tom? How'd I sell it to who? Like, how'd you get into... How, how did you get into places? Like, how, how do you take that attitude and, like, translate it? Asking for a friend. 
really asking for a friend. I'm just... <laughs> 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 Nothing personal or anything. Uh, it wasn't easy. I mean, again, nobody knows you. Usually, bars want, like, I don't know. You're even dead. from cover bands, they want, like, recordings and stuff like that. And, yeah, try and record in a freaking practice spot with, you know, wood paneling walls and ceilings falling down on you. Actually, this looks a lot like my practice spot. <laughs> it it, so. it is sometimes. <laughs> so, it's pretty functional down here. Uh, yeah, functional. But for recording purposes, yeah. you know, and, and that... I mean, and, we're not mass-producing records by any means. But. That and recording off of, uh, I don't know, like... However, I mean, you're talking 15 years ago, we were sure. recording off of what, a freaking cassette tape? And right. I want to say so, yeah. That big recorder thing. You oh, put yeah. In the middle of the room, just hit record, and hopefully it's I not Hopefully static. it catches everything. I, I have found some terrible old tapes. <laughs> What's the first club you guys played at? I say club loosely. Mm, yeah, club is <laughs> Where we very are, yeah. loose term. I, think I need to open another beer to think about this. Oh, that's a good sound effect. Nice job. Until I talk Get it over. right into the mic. In production. Um, we have some good can openings from the first one. Here we do. With the can. All oh, right. God. So, if I remember correctly, I think one, under the new reincarnation, which came to be 109, I think the first place that we played out for was a, a small opening slot for another band. Okay. And uh, it was in, I want to say it was in Turner's Falls at uh, Route 63 Roadhouse. That's where it was. Nice. Okay. Small opening slot. Yeah. And then, you know, played there, opened a couple times, and uh, they invited us to come back. It's a good sign. What's your favorite venue to play? Or let me rephrase that. What's the favorite venue you've ever played? And maybe if it's easier, like, what's a, what would you say your favorite show all time was? Well, the local music rocks was a good time. Mm-hmm. That was a good show. That was a fun show. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brought exactly what you said. It had the people that wanted to hear it, like yourself, mm-hmm. running around with your fist in the air, jumping, having a good time. That was a that was a that was a great event. That was a good time. Even prior to playing in it, I, I think I I went to it four or five years like prior to. It was just an awesome day. Oh no, it's a great time. Totally. A lot, just a, a full day of music, <clears throat> everything, everything under the sun, mm-hmm. from whatever local people are doing, and uh, and it was for a good cause. So but even if you, you don't play, it's, it's fun. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You just you get to hear everything mm-hmm. that's going on in the area. Definitely. So I can. Uh, Sidebar story. I actually have a I have a, a me and Tom story for like a local a local um, music rocks. I uh, I don't remember what year this was. If it was the the last one where both of our bands actually were able to play. I think that's that's the only one I played. Or if it was one that you may have been at. I maybe, lied. And maybe not playing. I lied. That's cool. <laughs> it's alright. I, I forgive you. I played. I actually played a, a few of them. Now that I'm remembering correctly, because but, but believe it or not, even though we're interviewing you, the story isn't about you. So just okay, sorry. Stop interrupting my story. Go. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Go. Um, I don't remember if it was the one that we both. Played I thought I was before. brought here to be the expert. You were. You are. Okay. I'm trying to. 
I have the microphone. You will listen to every word I have to say. <laughs> if you're going to say that quote, you need to say it correctly, sir. I, I want have... some goddamn emotion. <laughs> right? I'm only on beer number two. Uh, honey, Jack, anybody? <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyone? That'll get the we quote gotta going. we got to loosen this guy up. That'll get the quote going. Anyway, long story short, let me. Like, I'll just get to my point like real quick. I, I can't remember if it was the one that we both played or if you happened to be there and it was one that we were playing at. It might have been the first one we played at. And I, I remember walking up to you and, like, you, you asked me how I was feeling and, like, like something of that nature. And I'm like, dude, I'm scared shitless right now. Like, why am I so afraid? Like, like, like really? Like, what, what's going on? You're like, you know why you're so afraid? Because everybody here, like, 90% of these people are all other musicians. 100% true. And they will know everything that you mm-hmm. do. Wrong. <laughs> you can always tell the musician in a crowd. He's the one standing... Still with his arms folded in front of him. Right smack in the middle with yeah. the arms crossed and like staring at you. With a blank like stare just vision. going right through you. And if you got a head nod coming from that dude, you're rocking it. Right. <laughs> None like, pick killing it sure. right now. Killing that's, it right That's now. the one guy you want to move. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was my that was my side story. I'm, I'm so sorry to take away from your from your spotlight here. Oh, no, I didn't even sweat it. I kind of uh, was brain farting. No, that's like, cool. No, no. I only played it once because I'm only thinking about one out nine. But the music downstairs played it a couple of years. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Fifty four and a half played it. Tell me, tell me. I, I actually completely forgot about the music downstairs because that was actually entertaining. It was when I when I saw them play. Tell us about the music downstairs. So the music downstairs was basically another cover band in the area that was fairly popular, mm-hmm. and uh, they parted ways with their singer. Um, with one of their singers, they had a, a female singer also. Yeah, yeah, pipes for days. Yep. Um, yep. So they, I got to talking with them and uh, ended up coming in and uh, splitting vocals with her. You know, we go switch on and off That's between nice. the two of us. Uh, that was a good time. It was, uh, and it was different. I was doing, you know, I had one at nine, so I, I, I had with that, I had all the music I wanted to play. I was playing whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I mean, like I said, we we worked with each other, but we all had similar tastes in music. So this music downstairs was a uh, the the other cover band played more classic rock type stuff, but members of that band really liked One Out Nine, but they couldn't go that far. But they wanted to go further than they were. So when I came in, it kind of give, gave them that little bit of an outlet to to maybe push and do you know a little bit more than than they would have. Sure. But it, for me, it was it was a different a different style of music to play. It never hurts to switch it up. Yeah. Different, different end of things. Yeah. You know, just to, and honestly, uh, in one out nine, for the most part. I played very little guitar. Um, I may have started in music on guitar, but I never really put my heart and soul into it. Um, it just, I, I more played guitar out of necessity. And uh, with the music downstairs, I was able to. Is that another beer? Not mine. <laughs> Not yours. I was able to. to try and push myself musically more to play and, and sing more. I couldn't play and sing a lot of the stuff that 
you know, what nine was doing. Sure. But there's other stuff with music downstairs, a little bit lighter. Uh, I was going to say, you play guitar with music downstairs, yeah. if, I, if I remember right, also. Yep, yep. So it, it gave me, which I wanted. I wanted to push myself musically to, to do more. Sure. I wanted sure. to be better than I was at playing and singing. Of course. And starting with, you know, tool is not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> that just isn't going to work out. That's that's not going to do it. That's a uh, that's an interesting dynamic. You started as a guitar player, wasn't really interested in the vocals. No, no. I mean, I think I was interested in the vocals, but uh, singing didn't really. I, I mean, like I said, I did backups, but singing didn't really come into it until that version of that band was done. Okay. Because I had no interest in. I mean, at, at 15 years old I couldn't sing like Brian Johnson sure I, I didn't sound like that, no, I, that, that I didn't that sound like Credence Clearwater they had their own. I didn't sound like that kind of music so to me I, I didn't view myself as a singer trying to do that stuff but then you know as I, I grew and listened to different stuff and started to do that it, it pushed me to, to really follow it and I was like you know I think I can do this and uh, went oh. with it how long did uh, Music Downstairs last? Or at least your time with it, because I think I actually saw them after the fact. No? No. I could be crazy. No. They kind of I, you know what? reformed. I, I, I saw her. I, I can't remember her name for the life of me. Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah. I saw, I saw Carolyn. At, uh, uh, she actually played an event in town, and I mean, her, her pipes are unmistakable. Really? Like, when she starts singing, it's like, you can hear from my house. Like to, from the YMCA, like downstairs. Yeah, she's she's got power. Downstairs, downtown. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they also uh, kind of reformed with uh, with their former musical project, which seems to happen a lot. So with, I think I, I interrupted the uh, the answer. How long did that last? A uh, couple few years, not that long. Uh, we had uh, probably about four years, maybe altogether. So uh, all your all your years of playing like the couple of what what's the hardest part of promoting a cover band? Just getting people to go to the shows, really. That's just it. I mean, bars don't want to they don't they don't want to pay you um, for the most part. Which if you're not bringing in revenue, then how can they afford to? Uh, I mean, but then again. It's, it's like a, a back-and-forth thing. If you make a cool enough spot so people want to come there to listen to all mm. the music you play because you always bring cool music, mm. then you're not relying on the bands, per se, to, you know, hey, sell 50 tickets and you can come play my place. I've, there's a lot of interesting back-and-forth um, arguments, discussions. Like I, I, I see it all the time. Like I'm like... I follow freaking everybody on like Facebook, so every now and then I'll just get caught up in like text loops and whatnot. Is it the band's responsibility to fill the bar, or is it the bar's responsibility to fill the bar with the you don't hire a, cook. a band? You don't hire a cook and expect him to fill the restaurant. Sure, that's that a great way of putting that. I like that. You know, that's you provide good food and people will come to eat it. You sell yourself as a venue that provides good music on a regular basis, people are going to come see it. Mm -hmm. 
why why is it the band's job to you have to bring i actually had one place uh i'll i'll leave it nameless yeah um, we, that, we don't want to know we don't want yeah to no no i'll leave it nameless but the first time i called them i know you're talking about them. first time i called them they said uh uh, can you guarantee me 100 people? It's like, uh, no. I mean, I can't guarantee you 10 people. <laughs> right. You know, you know, so sorry. If that's what you're looking for, then no. Well, you know, five years later, we're playing down the street from said place. And people walking by that are going to that place to see the band that's playing that night walked by the open window to the bar that we were playing, peeked their heads in and they stopped there instead of going next door and eventually that place contacted us asking us to come play there oh there you go that's cool i had a bar owner tell me one time that if uh if there's four or five people in your band if your band can't draw 10 people per per person in your band you are a failing group Uh, i don't think i even know 10 people (laughs) never mind friends like no 10 people but the same venue like would do nothing on their end for like the promotion. Like right. if you would well, ask the I mean, regulars, like when you're coming in to set up, it's like, oh, there's a band playing here tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A go. You know, you, Which you, is terrible. Right. Promotion from from venues or I say venues. Promotion from bars that cover bands are playing in is, in general, I mean, honestly, again, I'll, I'll date myself from when we started. We used to have to make our own flyers. And hang them up all over town, hit the local music stores. Wait, you don't have to do that now? Uh, this was like pre-Facebook and pre-all that crap when people yeah, can... Social media wasn't a thing. Yeah, there was no social media back then to do your promoting. So yeah, you're on, you know, paper duty, running around, sticking it on light poles everywhere. Or, no. or, or It hasn't know. changed though, Tom. You can't rely on Facebook promotion. <sighs> We got a lot more response from Facebook promotion than we did from putting sick and flyers. Now on the it's wall. easier. I'll give I'll give you that much. It's easier. But I mean, the, you're also you're also reaching your target audience. In theory, I mean, you you stick it up at the local music store, your flyer on the wall, and uh, you know the eight year old girl coming in there for piano lessons ain't coming to see you at the bar that week. That's right. probably true. But the guy coming in to buy strings that's going to play his own show that week maybe mm-hmm. will show up after sure. his set. Sure. So well, I, do, I do take it. I, it that, that's very true because unfortunately, like the, the Newberry comics and the strawberries and whatnot, they used to be able to like go and put put your flyers right. up right now. Like that, that's you probably a good have demographic. Have a target audience. Right. That's probably a good demographic, and we we, we don't got those guys anymore. I right. Mean, that, that, that's true. But well, I know the uh, the Cove. I believe they play on AAF. If I'm correct. They have a small yeah. They, they have section. an advertising spot in AAF. Yeah. 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 They they have they just started doing that. Is it new? Yeah. They're under new ownership. That. Yeah, yeah, because of the uh, after yeah, the yeah. Lucky Dog. Yes. Very nice. Anybody from the Cove is listening. Very nice venue. Well done. Agreed. The sound and light system in there right now, phenomenal. Yeah? Phenomenal. I haven't been in since they uh, changed the uh, we were, we were, uh We had the pleasure of going to a, uh, a battle of the bands there. Shout out to Frenemy again. Shout out to Frenemy. What's up, Dave? Mr. <laughs> um, <Just> Pottle. <laughs> and all the other guys in front of me, of course. Of course. Um, just uh, just had a, a pretty cool event. It was like a nine-week uh, battle of the bands. Original, original music. Yep. Um, it was, he he worked with a guy that was in a, a band out of Providence, so we kind of followed them like through the layers. Um, but awesome venue, awesome. Oh, Actually, yeah. I, I I did see uh, 
the uh, the bullet called Life guys there too. That, yep. was, a, that was a good yep. show. Also in front of me. Yeah, same. <laughs> same um, guys. But I digress. Uh, might go along with a f- favorite uh, venue to play, but uh, kind of a follow question: fondest musical memory, Tom. Well, actually, I want to go back to favorite venue to play. Okay. So yeah, forget that last question then. Yeah, I'm gonna forget <laughs> it. Just ignore it. Does not exist. So obviously, like I said, the local music rocks was a a great show. As as one at nine, I got to play there one time. It, schedules just never seemed to work out for us to be able to do it. Um, uh, midsummer vacations. Yeah. But but favorite venue to play had to have been the Steel Pub in Athol. Yeah. Those guys treated us good from day one. Uh, I went in and saw another band that was playing there at the time, and they uh, they had a couple crossover songs, you know, that we played. They were you know slightly lighter, but they had a a couple songs that we we did too. And I uh, went up to the owner. I said, Hey, you know. What's the chances of me playing here? He says, well, what kind of stuff do you play? So I rattled off a couple bands. And he says, you play Tool? I said, yeah. Do you play Eulogy? Yep. All right, you're in. And That was uh, the key. That key was song. it. We, I guaranteed that we'd play that song for him. And uh, the first time we played there, I, I've never had two owners more jacked up about a band playing at their bar. They were on the dance floor singing along, fist in the air. Good, though. And... Uh, gave us any date we ever wanted at the place we they just said you tell us when you're going to play and we'll, we'll we'll put you up there and uh never balked about hooking us up uh, just great guys really took care of us and we, and we had a lot of people who who showed up to see us there on a regular basis say mm-hmm. towards the end of one on nine i mean you guys pretty much played there almost exclusively you were like their house band essentially <sighs> we had three like three places that we really play on, on a, a, a rotating schedule. Um, Partners Pub in Fitchburg, same thing. Now, owner of Partners Pub, Walter, he's been he's owned it for since I was in high school and probably before that. Always had bands there all the time. Yeah. Like from, from the beginning of time, I can remember he's always had bands there. Yeah, they got the setup for it too. They mm-hmm. actually have that little stage. Yeah, they got the little yeah, stage. Yeah. I mean, it's small, it's a tight, sure. cramped little spot, but uh, I went to him and asked if we could play there, and he gave us a shot. And uh, he told me afterwards, he says, You know, I, I like that one, I like your one out nine band. He said, You guys play some of that heavy music. But you're not just screaming the whole time, and I can actually understand some of the words. So, so yeah, I like you guys. You can come back whenever you want. So, good guy took care of us. And then, uh, you know, we had uh, Cregan's Pub in Worcester. That same thing. We got a shot in there, and uh, they they booked us as much as we would book there. You know, put us on a two-month schedule with them, and great place. They'd open up the big window to the street. I'd say for... Uh, for- Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the Union Tavern now. It is the Union Tavern yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But Cregan's Pub, they'd open up the, the window to the street. And I, at the time, I had just got my wireless mic. And How's that? That one? was that one. <laughs> I don't know if it was that one, but I, I remember watching you run up and down. Oh, yeah. No, I was up and down the street chasing people, dragging them in with <laughs> the wireless Green mic. Green Street in Worcester, the dude's nice. tearing people off. The that was awesome. Good time. And then come jumping in through the window, unfortunately, on my drummer. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a good time. We had fun. Um, but yeah, those places really treated us well, took care of us. So, I mean, there's places out there. 
Uh, this is, but Steel Pub, good times. And it's it's local gig for, you know, obviously me and uh, Jimmy and the band, you know, both living in Athol. He grew up there. Uh, so we had a lot of friends local in the area, a lot of people who had seen him doing music throughout the years. So we, we ended up drawing a, you know, a decent crowd in there, but, you know, it was awesome. That was one of the places that we got the most response from, the most. I mean, we did good there, too, the one time we played. We had a good time there. Yeah. We got the most repeat customers and mm-hmm. people dragging new people there, you know, which again, which is what you, oh, what you need. Someone comes out to a show and says, hey, I, I saw one on nine like two months ago. You got to come check these guys out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's word of mouth. That's yep. the uh, that's that's what's lacking right now. I think right. in the, like, the live music scene. I mean, 100 percent. Yeah. If you don't have that, you don't you don't come back. Sure. What's uh what's Tom Smith's dream crowd? Dream crowd? Yeah, what's a dream crowd for like Tom Smith? Unfortunately, my dreams are huge. I walk in to see uh, Slipknot at Mohegan Sun Arena, and I'm like, "Fuck! I wish I could be on that stage doing that." <laughs> like, no, I, I have to ask this because I feel the same way. Whenever I go to a concert, do you feel like you just want to play more after you uh, watch a concert? Oh like, yeah, you see them up there and you see the reaction. I don't even need. I, it doesn't even need to be a concert. I can go see a local cover band, and I'm sure. like. Sure. Same, yeah. Just to see someone else up there, you're like, well, now I really want to do it more than, right? You get that itch. Mm-hmm. Bad. I know. Uh, you mentioned like early on in the days of uh, one on nine, you guys can um, were considering originals. And any originals ever come out of one on nine? I want to say there was a couple poorly written songs <laughs> out of out of uh, at the time. I think it was called. It was either tantrum. Or West Side. I think it was Tantrum, though. Yeah. Couple poorly written songs. Very cheesy 80s style. <laughs> so way yeah. different than what you normally oh, yeah. play. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, our guitar player was uh, severely stuck in the 80s, which is, you know, part of what ended up driving him out of the band. Mm-hmm. In the end, I think, because... Again, we said we wanted to play what we wanted to play, and we had similar styles. His style was not as heavy as we got when we started. Yeah, when we started pushing towards, uh, you know, Slipknot, Seven Dust, uh, Tool kind of scared him away a little bit. It was, uh, you know, it was hey, you know, we want to do this, we want to push for this stuff, and uh, you know, he ended up deciding to go off on his own and we picked up Jimmy. Alright, I'm gonna ask this because I actually don't know this answer. What the hell does one out nine mean? Uh, you're not the first person to ask and wonder. <laughs> it might be one of those things like, you know, if I'm walking by you at like a party, I've always meant to ask, hey dude, what does one out nine mean? Because it's unique. And I get the fifty four and a half because it's half of your the yeah, band. It's half of one oh nine. Right. Okay, so you just said it, right? 109? Mm-hmm. So you knew aught is like a... Sure, as in 109. A symbol for a zero, right? Sure. I think that's... And I'm not, I may sound like an idiot, but I'm pretty sure that's gun terms or, or even wire measurement terms. Aught is a you know, zero. But So the band started at my dad's shop in Fitchburg, and we practiced in a uh, destroyed old factory where we learned how to play music. We actually had... Uh, 
bent EMT conduit that we taped a microphone to that was hanging from the ceiling. Um, and he, that place was uh, on 109 River Street in Fitchburg. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we started the band there. We moved downstairs when everything got moved around in a different, car, you know, reincarnation of the band. And then we moved next door, same address. It was all sure. one address down the, the end of that no, little that, alleyway. I don't mean to cut you, but is it the compound? Is it the same area? It used to be the compound? Am I crazy? Um, Near the uh, 5050 diner. Yes. Okay. Was so that the compound same. or was it uh, Beamer's? I know Beamer's was the... Uh, a little farther down. When you say the compound, you're talking about the actual practice venue? Yes. I Oh, practice venue. I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay. So it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I, was I, wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the name. I knew I knew of the uh, the band spaces and like yep. the old the old that's where my, right across my, the 50 uh, I didn't know it was, used to play. I didn't know it was called the compound. Yeah, it was good. originally it was called the compound. I mean, Nonpoint used to play there. Oh, okay. A long time ago. I hear it uh, used to get broken, broken into well, like that, weekly. That's why the, they decided to... The crack addict jumped in there. All the quits on the band space. So, oh yeah, no, 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 it's all good. So uh, we digress. <laughs> so again, we we split up, and it was probably like a good, you know, seven, eight year span, and we started the band up again, and and uh, we ended up in the basement of my dad's shop. Again, it was my dad, and he had warehouse space in Fitchburg. Now, this was on Snow Street in Fitchburg, in, in the basement. Well, sure enough, he, his business goes belly up, and we got to move out of there. Well, the guy who bought my dad's buildings, I was ended up being friends with. He rented us back a spot at the old place where we started the band, and uh, when we started picking out names, I'm like, "Well, it started here. It went through every reincarnation of the band, with every band member going in and out, and we're back here again. So we got to at least include this somehow." And I mean, I didn't want to just call us 109. Or yeah. so your, like your band was named after a lot number. Yes. It's where it all started. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, there's some history behind it. It's a random name. And then you can uh, go one step further that I spelled it wrong because I didn't know. <laughs> and I just left it because my bass player picked it up because he was very smart and knew words more than I did. And he pointed it <laughs> out later. And I was like, you know what? I already wrote it on the MySpace page, so done. (laughs) (laughs) It stays. It's stuck. Any reunion tours coming from 109? You talk to the guys? You know, I gotta tell you, we've been asked that a lot, and a lot of people have been really cool and wanting to have us do it again. Mm -hmm. People want to see us again, and uh, I haven't really talked to the guys, which is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I mean... Mm -hmm. You're talking about my drummer I, I've been friends with since the first day of fifth grade. Well, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. I mean, you know, we don't need to go like crazy into detail, but there's a lot of personal reasons, like personal time and like whatnot. Like, oh well, we're uh, we're old and married and responsibilities and kids. T- <laughs> the older I get, the least responsible I get. So, <laughs> uh, you say that, but you know, and and as far as I think we were the abnormal cover band situation. Well, see, I do say that because when I was 22, I wasn't in a band. Now that I'm 34, I'm in three. Well, yeah, but when I say responsibility-wise, 
so I'm an electrician. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and this goes back to the whole, you know, band thing. You think about guys in a band or, yeah. you know, living in their parents' basement, uh, eating ramen. And, and do and, like ramen. What? I like ramen. Say, I like ramen. Why are we not going <laughs> to? I mean, like, dude, I just bought ramen. What are we talking about? Where are you we know, going with this? No, Is that what's going? no job playing video games. The, the, this typical stereotype of a band, which I guess, and, and I guess we're not. It's not all like that. But we had a nurse, we had a, a, a computer engineer, and we had, you know, I'm an electrician. We all have kids. Uh, my drummer had four kids. I had six kids. Uh, Life gets in the way. No, of course. I, no, I get it. I get it. And that was basically it. I mean, no bad blood. Everyone got along to, you know, still still would, but life, again. Mm-hmm. Priorities. Yeah. All right, I'm going to shift off the, to one on nine now, if that's okay. I'm going to go specifically with Tom Smith. Okay. Talking, like, third person, like, even though you're right in front of him. But specifically to you. All right. You know what, Tom, what I'd like you to talk about? Like, the competitions I've seen you enter. What? I've seen you enter competitions. Yeah. You actually did one right downtown. Tino's Pub. If I'm not mistaken, you actually won that one. I did. There was some angry people that night. I won. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? Because there were some very talented singers. You know what? There was. And I'm going to get your back on this one. You know why I'm going to get your back on this one? You had the place, like, jumping. Right. Like, you actually played the crowd. Yes. So anybody that wasn't fortunate enough to see one out nine, and I give Tom all the credit in the world, like, the, the guy is high energy. And, like, he will get you involved. He will do that. He'll do, like, whatever nonsense that he has to do to, uh, to, get, to get a crowd involved. That, if that includes riding a bike around a bar room while he's doing karaoke. Did it. He jumps on a bike. <laughs> it was stolen. He jumps on a stolen bike and rides around. If he's going to hop out of the uh, the window and run up and down Green Street in Western Massachusetts and like pull you off the street and say, come check out my fucking band. While I was singing. While while singing, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm right now in a solo break. So I give Tom like all the credit in the world, but you won Tito's Pub because like you had that whole, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it was four non-blondes. Yes. Yeah. So now, Tito's Pub was, uh, Anthony may not know this because it doesn't exist anymore, it was uh, probably the smallest bar in the history of the world. <laughs> it was a closet. Um, it was the, a closet. Yeah. The max capacity in that place had to be 40. And that was too much. Really? Because if they had 40 people, mm-hmm. you were you were four or five deep to, to get to a bar. Um, I actually remember seeing this final and seeing every hand in that room back and forth going the back the, the back and forth so i mean that's the energy that that won that competition so the, the, the hell with your pretty voice and all those other it's all in crowd participation that's, that's a big well thing. yeah karaoke contest yeah they it's and they i mean it is what it is it's a bar and they want people to come out and show up and have fun do they want to pick out the best singer yeah but they want to also have fun. Exactly. And, you yeah. want the impression. If you have the impression, it makes a difference. Where else? Where else have you competed, Tom? I've tried a few of those karaoke contests because, again, they're fun. And if I'm not actively singing in a band at that point in time or playing out enough for for my liking, I, 
I want to push myself to do something. I was going to say, so. this is so it's almost like a challenge in a, in a way. So you can see yourself and how you are and where you lay, I guess. So to break it down, way more personal than I ever would. I've doubted myself since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I've always second-guessed myself. And I've always felt not good enough about myself in every facet of my life. So I want to be the best that the I best can be. Can be. I mean, there's always someone better than you. Oh, 100%. In all fairness. 100%. Regardless what it is. Of course there is. But you you put something out there and you're like, you know what? I just, I want to do that. Yeah. And I want to see where I stand. Sure. Now, um, you, you, you've you told me, Tom, though, like you, you, take, you take everything you do very seriously. You want to get the best out of yourself kind of a thing. So when... When when Tom sits down for a practice session, like like, how do you practice, Tom? Like, what do you practice? Do you do exercises? Do you try new tunes? Do you try stuff that you know you've never been able to play before? Like, how how, how do you improve yourself, Tom? Um. Well, as of late, I I have I've pushed myself, you know, lately to flick on YouTube, and the, I want to do. I like this song. I, I like what it is, and. Uh, push myself to you know look up the chords and again like i said i've never put my all into guitar playing it was never my drive um but now that i'm kind of doing it by myself I, i'm stuck i have to so i i have i've just put something on and listened to it played along and and, and pushed and tried to make it sound all right what's uh what's next for tom smith what is it what does the music world have in store for you Unfortunately, I've been a lazy ass, and I need to get that fire back and, and push myself to, to practice more and play more. I, ideally, uh, I definitely like doing acoustic stuff. I need to push myself to do more of that. Uh, I want to. I don't want to have to rely on anybody anymore. I want to be able to just go on my own and do, do it. Your own thing. Sure. Yeah. And not that, you know, play. I like, I, I've loved playing with people again. You know, some of the, my best friends in the world have been the people that were in my band. Um, but to not have to rely on anybody is, is a, a good feeling. So sure. I want that. You can have your own, I don't know, system to it or your own taste, I guess. And you can make it your own. You don't have those other people involved. Yes. Yeah. Anthony, sir, you have anything to add? that I do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Tom Smith uh, performing live in our uh, heavy metal over a six-pack studio. Uh, his acoustic rendition of Pearl Jam's Black.
Tom, interview-wise, spot on, man. Thanks. You still recording this? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Don't say something like that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, interview-wise, spot on. I pre- like, I, pre- I actually appreciate you being here with us today. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Cool. Thanks for having me. We're going to shift this, though. Uh-oh. We're going to get out of the, uh, we're going to get out of the serious, the, the, the serious, um, Q&A, so to speak. We're going to play a game. I want to play a game. I'm part of it too, so it's okay. <laughs> You're not the only one. So, uh, since we, you know, I don't want to, like, anytime I do interviews with anybody, like, in the future, if we pull bands in or we pull, like, other groups in and whatnot, I just don't want to be, like, that Q&A guy, which, you know what, all the information, absolutely awesome. Like, I, I actually enjoyed the shit out of... Agreed. That's, that's been a, that was like a, that worked out really well for a really long time. But now we got to goof some stuff up. So I came up with this game. It's called Are You Smarter Than a Heavy Metal Over a Six-Pack Host? Okay. As original as you can get. All right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that game. Nope. I'm going to have to check the uh, the copyrights. Yeah, double check. Because we've, do- we've been doing so good about like not playing anything that has like a licensing agreement so we don't get our $100,000 lawsuit for our 100 listeners. That would, yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. All right, so I got two rounds of this game. I have a, uh, I have a, uh, what I consider a comical version, and then I actually have, um, I went with heavy metal trivia, and 
in um with uh with Tom Smith being with us today because I know he has this costume. I've seen him wear it many times. Oh. He's actually going to do the River Rat, I think, in a, within the next couple of weekends. And uh, yep. he's usually in a, uh, a Corey Taylor mask. Uh, I've had to retire the mask for the race. Uh, no more, no more Corey well, Taylor mask. So I actually only wore the. I, I, I did the. I did the mask one year. I uh, did the race with my my stepson, and he uh, he wanted us in costume. So I nice. wore the mask, and you know, then I got drunk at the bar afterwards like you're supposed to do Um, but since then i I picked up a new partner and he's a little a little more serious about paddling so all right so he actually wants to like i got you yeah but in either case our uh, our heavy metal trivia today is a Corey taylor version okay so where do you guys want to start like i said i have two rounds both rounds have six questions now they are multiple choice so you are going to hear possible c c (laughs) (laughs) always c now the um the unfortunate part of this game is we have jack shit for prizes, so whether you win or not, you're just gonna win. Yeah, you're just yeah. gonna either win or lose and you'll either be laughed at and ridiculed or you know, you'll be the the, the world champion of heavy metal over a six pack or are you smarter than heavy metal over a six pack host? Seems pretty standard. You should have made a trophy. You should have Dude, this Gave is episode three. This I, is this I got is actually a trophy. this is actually costed us money. Everybody should get a trophy, isn't that how that works? <laughs> so far, this podcast has cost money. I mean, I got a trophy on the cruise ship. Everybody listening to this podcast right now is listening to it for free, and it's cost me money. Oh. <laughs> Something's wrong here. W R O G wrong. <laughs> so, I've actually decided since I put so much like hard work now. Anthony is going to be your competing host because oh. I'm the oh, one that wrote right. this. Anthony has no knowledge of anything that I'm going to ask either one of you. Okay. Which neither do you. Well, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is fair. Okay. So what, what, what do you guys want to do? You want to, you, want to, you want to start with Corey Taylor or do you want to start uh, dumb and silly? I didn't know there was that two options. But There's two rounds. We're, go, we're okay. going to play two, we're gonna play two serious rounds. serious and we'll end it with the silly. You want to, you want to start yeah, serious? I want okay. To start serious. So this is, are you smarter than a six-pack host? <laughs> are you smarter than heavy metal over a six-pack host? Corey Taylor version. You guys ready? Sure. Ready? Do we just yell it out when we got the answer? Well, everybody, will, you'll, you'll have everybody will have their opportunity. Are you to answer, a buzzer? And then I'll. Uh, no, it's not. No, no, no. We're not. No. We're do not. you ask him a question and then ask me a question? Everybody's gonna provide an answer and we're gonna total up the points. Oh, so I gotta write this shit down? No, I'll I'll write it down. You don't have to write anything down. So here, I'll write it down right now. I'm gonna put Tom Anthony. So do I get to cheat off of his paper? <laughs> right? No, because I'm going to, like, vocalize. Because it's a podcast. Nobody can see anything. I can see everything. Unless I take a picture of it and I uh, I put it on, like, the socials. Okay. But um, I'm going to actually ask the question. I'm going to give you four answers, and then everybody will provide an answer. Okay. We'll roll with it. Yeah, we're just going to roll with it. Uh, okay. The very first question. Very easy one. This is the Corey Taylor version, mind you. Where was Corey born? A. Des Moines, Iowa. B. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. C. Iowa City, Iowa. Or D. Kansas City, Missouri. B. I just want to say D just because it shouldn't be. Kansas City, Missouri? Yeah. Okay. 
I actually thought that was going to be the easiest question on this, and you both got it wrong. It was actually Des Moines, Iowa. You know, when you said it, I thought it, and then I was okay. like... If anybody needs to hear any other answers again, just let me know. I just want to hear the right ones. <laughs> just tell well, us the right ones. Well, okay. it is multiple choice, so the right All one right. is actually in there. Oh. Oh. My bad. All right. It's like Ab- Abacadabra would have actually worked in this case. <laughs> hey, we're tied. Okay, so <laughs> after, after question one? one, we have zero to zero. Okay. Ah, excuse me. Grabbing a sip of the this fabulous beer that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. All right, question two. Corey Taylor appears in what 2002 movie with Slipknot? Your options are A, All or Nothing, B, Rollerball, C, Ballistic, X versus Sever, or D, Triple X? What was the year? 2002. Triple X, D. I'm going to have to go with that as well. Guys, I'm so sorry. You were both com- you were we both suck. wrong again. The answer was B. Rollerball. It was actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie Rollerball really? because it's uh, they're actually going into like a match and like I, I can't remember from the- they, so they were playing movie. the song "People Equal Shit." Really, good tune. Right? Awesome tune. I might have known it had I seen the movie. <laughs> exactly. I like I don't think I saw the movie. Well, it's okay. Like I said, nobody nobody knew what these questions were. Before I uh, before I asked, so nobody could prepare. So we got zero to zero. This is a very tight match. Yes. I like it. Mm-hmm. We're doing well. All right, question number three. Aside from their real names, members of the band are also referred to by numbers zero through eight. What number does Corey Corey assume while singing for Slipknot? The options are A one, B three, C five, or D eight. Wow, I suck at this game. B. <sighs> three. All right, Anthony's saying B, number three. See, I really suck at this game because I swore it was nine. Okay. Almost to the point where I, I would have bet money on it, so I'm going to have to go eight. I was going to go nine, but I, I'll have to go eight. Is D your final answer? Yeah. The correct answer is D, eight. Nice. I thought it was nine. But I, just I know it wasn't one. I know that much. I just had to go with the highest number because I thought it was nine. So congratulations, we have somebody on the board. Tom is actually leading. Shootsy scores. Leading this round one to nothing. Okay, question number four. Corey Taylor pays tribute to his favorite comic book hero in the music video for Bother. Which comic book hero is it? Is it A, Spider-Man, B, Batman, C, Wolverine, or D, Superman? C. Tom very confidently threw no, out a C. Completely unconfident, but when in doubt, C. Okay. Yep. Is that a follow-up C, Anthony? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. What do you go with B? Again. Okay, B, Batman. You both are incorrect. <sighs> correct, correct answer was A, Spider-Man. I don't think I saw that David video. Peter Parker? I haven't either. So I'm right with you on that. We should probably like watch TV more if we're going to do Hang these on, kind of contests. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right. Um, question number five, with a score of one to nothing, with Tom in the lead right now. So far, Tom is smarter than our heavy metal over a six-pack host. Question number five: The first record label owned by Corey Taylor was A. Maggot Records, B. Face Cage Records, C. Purity Records, or D. Great Big Mouth Records. 
I'm gonna go with A. Fuck. That was what I was thinking. <laughs> so what I, 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 yeah, I'm gonna have to go with A. That was the first one I thought. Maggot Records. I'm so sorry. Everybody who selected the same answer is correct. It was actually D, Great Big Mouth Records. I haven't done any research. I couldn't tell you who he's released from it, but... All right, guys. Round one with a score of uh, Tom 1 and Anthony 0. Yes! (laughs) Last question in this round. Question number six. What is Taylor's first son's name? Is it A, Parker Griffin Taylor? B, Corey Taylor Jr.? C. Griffin Parker Taylor or D. Stephen Patrick Taylor? C. I'll go with C. Hey. Stay confident. I like the piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> C is the correct answer in this one. Griffin Parker, Parker Taylor is uh, Corey Taylor's son's name. So after round one, we have Tom one. Uh, excuse me. I'm, I'm so sorry. Tom two and Anthony one. Nice job. I knew that answer because I saw him perform on stage there with him. There you go. See, which this, was this awesome. Happens. Like, if, if we all, like, you know, listen to the same music, sometimes we pick up, like, these fun but I read facts. the book, but I don't think any of that was really there. Yeah, he he had his son perform on stage with him when he was, uh, it was a Stone Sour show. Okay. Yeah. And it, I think his song sang uh, number three. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That was cool. It's pretty cool. It is cool. He's like... 15 or mm-hmm. something like that. They're starting young. Yeah. All right, so just for fun, we will double the point value for these next six oh. questions. So Zero round two, two. Round two. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like you get two points now for... for so if I, if I don't get it right, I get one? <laughs> What's two times zero, Anthony? That's what I just said. And then you said, oh, you get points. I'm like, well, no, technically not. But if you get one right, you get two points now. Correct. This is like a daily double round. Okay. Just go with it. I came up with this game. Hey, at least we didn't lose points for all our wrongs. Very true. Yeah, right. Like Je- Jeopardy. Would you, would you like to bet your two points? <laughs> no. Can I? Can I call a friend? Okay. So okay. in the. So this this um the, the the second chaos round. So the following questions that you are going to be asked. This is not heavy metal related. Oh, great. We're going off of heavy metal. The following questions were actually by people who logged into the website Yahoo Answers. I will read you the question, and I will give you three responses. The object is to tell me which answer was deemed to be the best response per Yahoo Answers Asker's Choice. So does everybody understand how this game is going to work? Word. Yep. Double points. So remember, I want what was labeled the best answer. By Yahoo. Yahoo. By Asker's Choice. Question number one. And remember, these points are worth double. Two. Doesn't mean we'll get them right. (laughs) The category, entertainment and music. Wow. The question, how did they clone Lindsay Lohan for the movie The Parent Trap? Answer number one. Lindsay Lohan actually has a twin sister. In fact, rumor has it the one with all the drug and sex problems is actually the twin and not the real Lindsay Lohan. Okay? Okay. Question number, uh, answer number two, excuse me. They didn't actually clone her. I'm not sure if you notice in the movie, about 47 minutes through, you can see a man dressed in a black lycra, excuse me, see a man dressed in a black lycra 
who is controlling the wax puppet of Lindsay Lohan's twin. This is actually how they did it. This is done throughout the film, but you usually don't notice him. Answer number three, mirrors. They used mirrors. Which one of those responses did Asker's Choice deem the best answer? I'll go with C, because I feel like it's the most common, easiest one to throw out there. See, now after the uh, Corey Sutton comment, I wasn't going to just jump in with C, mm-hmm. but I wanted C right from the bat. I didn't want you to jump on my back again. <laughs> so, C. Answers, I'm sorry, the correct answer was actually B. The correct answer was they didn't actually clone her. I'm not sure the, if you know the random the dude, 40, 40, 47, yeah, blah, 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 blah. So, no points. No points, but good try. Good try. Question number two, We're category. Yeah. Category is astronomy and space. The question that was asked to Yahoo Answers, how can I safely look at a picture of the sun? Okay. Answer number one, I would still recommend using sunglasses depending on the quality of the photo. <laughs> Answer number two, always look at photos or pictures of the sun indirectly, like through your peripheral vision. Answer number three, look at the picture at night when the sun is sleeping. (laughs) Which one of those answers, and I guarantee you one of these answers was deemed the best answer. Okay, Tom says A. Anthony. I'm going to go with B. Guys, I am so sorry. You were both wrong. Again, the answer was C. <laughs> when in doubt, C. Right, Look at like, the picture. First time we don't like, follow that. When yep. the sun is sleeping. Okay. Question number three. Category, friends. Is it normal to hang out with the lunch lady? Answer number one. There is nothing saying you can't be friends with the lunch lady. She'll probably hook you up with some good lunch food. Answer number two. As long as she is less than 20 years older than you, there is no law forbidding it. Answer number three. Lunch ladies don't usually speak to people outside of their job. Sorry to disappoint you. One of those answers was categorized as the best answer. Let me go with C. I want to go A again. Answer number A is 100% correct. Boom. There's nothing saying you can't be friends with a lunch lady. She'll probably hook you up with, with good lunch food. Three seconds. That's gonna put Tom. That's gonna put Tom in the lead. Yep. Four points to one. So going into question number four, we got three left of the utmost importance. Category is food and drink. The question: I just ate fifty-two pizza rolls. Will I die in my sleep? <laughs> Answer number one. Question. You have a better chance of farting a hole through your sheets. Answer number two. Need more information whether it was cheese only or with toppings. Answer number three. I've done it before. I am fine. One of these answers was deemed the uh, best response. I'm going to go with C. I'm going B. All right. You B. both are actually incorrect. You have a better chance of farting in both of your sheets. It was absolutely correct. So with two questions left, Anthony, you can be shut out right here, man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. No, well, he has a point. He does. He has one point. But, but if he's I don't down get this by right. three, so he needs to get the next two right. Essentially. I'm just going to copy your answers. Now we got strategy. <laughs> See this? Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll have to figure this out for like future games. No. This is fine. <laughs> Category, food and drink. What percentage of water is celery? Was the question. What percentage of water is celery? 
Answer number one, 50-50. Answer number two, there is exactly 0% celery in water. Per source, the Department of Celery in America. Answer number three, depends if it's cooked or used in a salad. <laughs> oh. It's tough because I kind of wanted to go B, but... Now that I said I just want to chase your answers so you don't win, that seems kind of lame. But hearing some of these other answers, I think B. B is absolutely correct. Yeah. So with a with a score of six to three, Anthony, you're technically shut out. But you know what? I did all this work, so we're gonna we're gonna play this last <laughs> question anyway. Category is religion and spirituality. How did sloths survive so long? Wait, those are the Salathas? I mean, yeah, but I'm not seeing the connection. Whatever, it's fine. Okay. Answer number one. Their spirit animal is invisibility. Answer number two. They worship Satan, clearly. Answer number three. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Yeah. One of those was actually the best answer. Hang on. Kung Fu. <laughs> C. I mean, he's probably right. But I'm going to go with A. Because I don't. doesn't matter if I lose or not. You're both, <laughs> actually, you're both actually correct. What was deemed the best answer was they worship Satan, clearly. Oh. <laughs> so, the good news is we do have a final score with a final score of 6-3. to three. Tom, you are smarter. That's why he is the... Than a heavy metal over a six-pack cover host. expert fan uh. guy. So, congratulations. Thank you. Everybody gets a trophy for participation. Ready. There's that. What, you want to talk some news with us? Heavy metal headlines. I'll try, maybe. Anthony's got a really cool headline. Okay. Today. All right. That I was actually like really looking forward to uh, talking about, and you you can chime in on this one, Anthony. I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, button you're not ready. No, no, no. We're good. So, Devil Driver. Any idea? Marcus the Devil Driver. Uh, Tom, have you ever heard of Cold Chamber? I've heard the name. Okay. It's the same okay, lead so singer, like, am I correct? Same lead singer. So <clears throat> figure heavy, hard-hitting music with no clean vocals. Pretty much. Okay. They are releasing a country cover album. Okay. Uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> likes of, I believe, uh, Randy Blythe from... Uh, Lamb of God will be part of that. Um, members of Hank 3, I've never heard of them. And Wednesday 13, I believe, is also going to be part of that. Sure. Um, they're in the works for it, but the uh, the general uh, track list will consist of Country Heroes, which is Hank 3, I guess. Uh, Whiskey <laughs> River, which is originally by Willie Nelson. Uh, Outlaw Man by the cool. Eagles. Uh, Ghost Riders in the wait, Sky. Wait, wait, hold on. The Eagles? Yep. Was they originally written the Outlaw Man? They consider the Eagles country. I think it's more or less the song. Yeah. Okay. Meaning, I guess. Right. I know. I, I find that weird as well. Have you heard the original Outlaw Man? Mm. I've heard a lot of it. I've heard a lot. Like I know a lot of Eagles, but I don't. I, I can't pinpoint Outlaw. I man. just. I don't think oh. that is country, but I don't know why they'd be on it. Maybe because it says Outlaw, they just assume. <laughs> <laughs> just like that one. We're gonna go with that one. We found this Rolodex. We're just gonna go through like these, <laughs> Pretty le- these much. letters. Sounds country. Uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky, originally. Uh, Stan Jones. 
Uh, I'm the only Hell Mama Ever Raised by Johnny Paycheck. If Drinking Don't Kill Me by George Jones. The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. A Thousand Miles From Nowhere by Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. Dad's Gonna Kill Me by Richard Thompson. A Country Boy Can Survive by Hank Jr. And The Ride by David Allen Coe. They're all going to be a mixture of uh, all the different guys and stuff thrown in there. But it could be interesting from a band like Devil Driver. Well, and thinking about the list, you got Johnny Cash on there. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about heavy bands covering Johnny Cash, but sure. Johnny Cash did the flip right. before. Right. Covering Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden yeah. and yep. in his style. Yep. With Heart, I believe, was eventually Trent. Friends song, am I correct? Johnny Cash was alive for Soundgarden. He has an awesome cover of uh, Rusty Cage. Really? Right. See, see, he's got a whole album. Now I feel uncultured. He's though. got a, a whole album of covers. Uh, uh, Hurt. Uh, Hurt from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, because that's originally Trent Reznor. And from what I understand, yeah. though, the theory behind it is that, that Trent felt it was too... Uh, I don't want to say angry, but sad and not his type of thing. He didn't like. Oh, the, Trent the Reznor didn't it. like somebody touching his precious baby. Well, so that's why he gave it to Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash wrote it because Trent originally was the creator of it. What I understand. Well, what will be interesting about like this album is like, is it going to be the hard? Right. For for lack of a better word, I'm going to call him the hardcore sure. music version of all these country songs, or is it going to be the hardcore act? Playing these I know they got songs. a couple new members to the band too. I don't know if that made a difference. I know their drummer is different. I believe one of the guitarists is also different. I mean, wow. it could it could definitely be interesting to see like if they make everything their sure. own. Right. I mean, it's we'll fun to, to do. It, it is. I've always enjoyed covers that have the band covering it their own twist on it. I'm you not know, a fan of covers that's just the same song. It's like, well, that's not really you know, it's not the same. Right. I mean, that's you see, like I would actually change the like. That's like kind of like doing a tribute. So if you like, you copy sure. the song exactly. Sure. Like, right. uh, you're kind of like doing a tribute to the song. If you take the song, you like make it your own. But so I mean, I like a lot of heavy metal covers of like pop songs. I like a lot of heavy metal covers. Well, like, like the punk goes '90s or like, any like, of that stuff. Or punk goes crunk. Like those sure, are all actually those. relatively yep. fun yeah, albums. But that's quite a jump to go from like a he- to go from, the gap. A, from like a metal core, like a new metal metal core. And to- it's not even like like the country nowadays. It's like the old school, like Johnny Cash and I mean, sort of he goes like yeah, sure. Because what would be really interesting is like, well, why would you want to do anything with the country nowadays except for throw it away? Agreed. Sorry. If no, I no, we are a metal over a six puck, not yeah, country under a yeah, that's cow. Um, I was listening to uh, from a uh, 107.3 Boston's WAAF. Um, it was over last summer. Um, Aaron Lewis, fun sidebar, just uh, just off of on this topic, because Aaron Lewis now is a is a country act who I actually had the pleasure of seeing a couple a couple of months ago. Pretty good show, to be to be honest with you. Like not a country guy, not not. A, but my uh, my better half is, mm-hmm. so I have to appease. <laughs> so I actually found a show that didn't completely suck balls. I like I was, some of his country stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of his country stuff ain't, ain't too bad. I just like his overall attitude and his demeanor yes. towards it. Right. Um, but he, he does like an interview and they're, they're talking. Like, I knew what they were trying to get out of him. They were trying to get out of him. It's like, what's the difference between the backstage at a country show versus the backstage at like these metal shows? Like, they wanted to hear. It's like, dude, these metal shows is like just hundreds of chicks like just running around like topless and like everybody's 
just friggin' banging in the hallways and like there's like sex drugs like all this other stuff and then like th- that's what they were shooting for and like um, Aaron Lewis's answer was well the thing is all these country acts right now none of them write their own stuff accurate like they pretty much just find some pretty dude who's like all jacked up on some kind of steroid hey. that has like some kind of a voice and they just kind of throw them out there and yeah that's it. No. And it was just so funny because I knew what like AAF was trying to get out of them. They're just kind of like, oh. <laughs> um, okay. So side Sidebar on that. I said we saw Darius Rucker. Uh, and now he is country. Had an opening act for him. And then you got the... Uh, so you got the new country act. And the, it's the little twosome guys up there. And they... Got their skinny jeans with their cowboy boots and, uh, you know, slick back hair. And one of them, unfortunately, is wearing a Slipknot shirt. <laughs> it was very disheartening to me. As he's... Was it me? Was I dragged there by, like, my girlfriend? Like, as he, No, no, no. He is on stage performing. Oh, I got you. I got you. He is one of the performers... For this said country crap that they are playing. Now, he was the obvious brought in pretty boy of the band. The other dude could actually sing. Sure. It still wasn't country music. Mm-hmm. It was more, you know, very much more just pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy had pipes. He could hit some crazy notes. The other guy held a guitar, flexed in his slipknot shirt, <laughs> and pretended to sing in front of the microphone while winking at the ladies, which that's what he was there for, but to see him disgrace that yeah. shirt in front of me. You oh. know everybody wants to be rock and roll now, right? Yeah. See, I, I, unfortunately, with my, uh, my work truck situation, I'm, I'm forced to listen to a lot of uh, stock radio. And I do a lot of like, skipping. I mean, there's a pop song out there. Like, his main lyric is, like, I feel like a rock star. Sure. Um, I know what you mean. There's, um, there's the acts of uh, Brantley Gilbert, who I actually saw with Aaron Lewis. His whole band, they all want to be metal, man. They look metal. They feel metal. They actually did, like, a little instrumental in between songs that was metal. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was having time in my life. I mean, whatever. And again, that goes back to, I mean, I don't, I don't really hate on anybody for whatever different styles of music they like. Obviously I, I like a little bit of a variety of music, but, uh, I don't like the, the whole, we're going to write you a country album. It's going to talk about a big truck, a beer. I lost my girl and my job. Four things. Oh, it's, and, it's, and, it's pathetic right now. And, it really and, is. And they didn't even write it, but they're out there touring as it's theirs. I, I don't know. Turn, to go back to off. the point, though, it'll be interesting to see what heavy metal does. Because, And correct me if I'm wrong. I have, like, I consider my musical knowledge. If you if you have a scale of one to, to this high, like, I'm, like, down here when it comes to musical knowledge. They can't see that. You want to like... Yeah, so that was like... It's pretty low. If it was like a one to ten, you're at about a three. Maybe, Mm -hmm. yeah, like a three or... Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. half. Like a solid 3.75. Yeah. Sure. Um, Some of that old school country stuff, there's not a lot going on. So if you're going to make... Very basic. If you're going to make that your own... No, there's... There's a lot going on without a lot going on. Like there will be nine people playing the song... 
But we're all playing the, I mean, same, look at the, the same basic. They have like three guitarists. Like, it, I mean, it will be pretty interesting you don't know that, to see what a, what a metal what a metal group. If you're gonna make that your own, that's a jump, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to that, yeah. Because it gets to the point. It's like, well, eh, you know, it's just, I, I, it's, I, I'm curious. No, no, no I totally. It's, it's, am. it's interesting. No, I, I like it. Take something that, that you like and make it your own. Switch it up. Mm-hmm. Make it your own. That was one of the funnest things that we did as a band. Some right. of our funnest songs to play were uh, "Without Me" from Eminem and "Jump Around" from House of Pain. It was sure. it was a blast to run oh, you're around. Missing, like you're you. missing a good one, bud. Uh, Poker Face. A very good Lady Gaga cover. Yeah. That was fun. It was a. It was. A, it was a, fun. You know what? It got everybody engaged too, because like you know, what? like they know the song and it's like click. So like yeah. I said, I like going to Tom shows because we can all like circle up, like throw our fists in the air, and we can all just jump around. Like we, no, sure. mo- we weren't in venues to like mosh or anything right. like that. I mean, no, I had to break a few of those up. I think a couple actually. I, I was at like one of the uh, the Steel Pub shows, and I think uh, what's his face that one of the owners actually like no 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 yeah I it's think like, I, I may have been there for that one yeah I went to one of them with you yeah that was you it wasn't me it was you <laughs> I was an innocent victim <laughs> I was an innocent victim on that one somebody came at me because pro- you know what probably because I rage hard dude well and someone's like dude that guy rages hard I'm gonna go rage hard with him it's like hey whoa 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 we can't <laughs> rage hard here like this you need to <laughs> rage hard in your own space. Area. Well, late in the night when we've all had a couple servings and 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 Slipknot is blaring, you kind of want. That's actually very true. Like I start, I start hearing like wait and bleed. Like I'll I'll open anything. Yeah, I'll go outside. I'll just whatever. You can't do it time. here. I'll bring it somewhere. I'll go outside. It's a good time. Let's all take this outside. No, no, that's not true. Very interesting story. I like it. Good luck, Devil Driver. Right. I'll share one more. I think we can do one more news story. This will actually be a good one to have Tom here for. So, if you ever had a question of anything, all you have to do is go ask Def Leppard's guitarist, Phil Collin. So, uh, the uh, headline of the story is Def Leppard guitarist says, Angus Young should resist urge to make new ACDC album with Axl Rose. And he quotes, it's lost its integrity. So what's interesting is um, apparently that the, there's a rumor out there that Angus Young is actually currently working on new ACDC music hmm. to release an album as ACDC with the intention of using Axl Rose as his frontman. Now, this isn't anything that he has actually like said publicly. Actually, let me just find... It is a rumor that has actually been confirmed by... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here it is. Singer Angry Anderson. It's apparently his name. Of the veteran Australian act Rose Tattoo said in a recent interview with The Rock Pit that Angus told him he is at work on a new ACD, a new ACDC music and intends to have Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose, who took Johnson's place on the road in 2016, sing on the LP. I mean, like... X did a, a good job for what he what he could. I mean, you know, Brian Jones is not something you can easily just here you go. Like he has his own thing, and I think he did okay as a cover, but to like take the name as its own, uh, I don't know. So I guess the question is like Angus Young is the only remaining correct ACDC member. Correct. Like Malcolm 
God rest his soul, mm-hmm. is passed. Um, he was a huge part of the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Brian Johnson is no more. Cliff Will- uh, Cliff Williams retired. Yep. And uh, Phil Rudd. Yeah, he's kind of got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Well, they so, have the original guy, which is kind of neat. Right. So they have Angus Young. So I mean, if Angus Young writes ACDC music and like brings Axl Rose and God knows who else, is that considered an ACDC album? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I don't think you can call it ACDC. Mm-hmm. It's uh, unfortunate the way it all shook down, but. I mean, maybe if you had someone who wasn't as well-known as Axel. But the fact that you know, well, it's kind of like, well, yeah, Guns N' Roses, quick. In my mind. If you're talking about replacing just Brian Johnson Johnson with Axel Rose, maybe. Right, if you have, like, any of the other original members. Like, if it's, like, the whole original band other than... Compared to STP, getting a new singer. Right, right. Right? They get, you know... Well, they, well they that's actually soul. interesting because that's how that's where I was gonna like kind of sidebar this. It's like, when should a band like not be the band anymore? Right. Like, when should it be like a new? Because in all honesty, STP actually was experimenting with different lead guitarists for a few years prior to losing. Um, I mean, Chester Bennington, for Christ's sakes. He was there for a little bit. They recorded, recorded a, a couple of things. Recorded a couple him. of singles. Lead vocalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, as a lead vocalist. And, I mean, there was a whole huge, huge legal battle because, like, they were doing it in the name of, like, STP. Like, when sure. do bands need to stop being themselves? It's one of those things. Like, ACDC has been around for so long that they've kind of made their name. If you were a band that was just starting out and you have like one album and then you have someone else, then you go, it's one thing. So you take that back. Take it back further. Brian Johnson wasn't the original singer for right. ACDC. Correct. No, he wasn't. Correct. But And it was still fine to be ACDC. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, so I'll, I'll flash forward. So this time next year, my 16-year-old son, dude, dad, I just got these ACDC tickets. They're playing Gillette. Like, my, my initial reaction is that, dude, that's not fucking ACDC. Accurate. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean... Longevity, I guess. He's getting the benefit of a generation jump, but that's about it. Like, all mm-hmm. you're doing is you're pretty much pissing off all your old fans, but you're making money off of, like, a new fan. Sure. So, I mean, is that cool? <laughs> like, are you really? Do you, you might see, be. Do you... Uh, I don't know if I see a generation of new ACDC fans starting. I mean, a lot of people don't even know who ACDC is nowadays. Well, well yeah, well, and the music, and, and nothing against the the writing of ACDC. Their music started out in 73 or 4, I think, was the first album. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, what ends up happening is anytime you put out a new album, I mean, it might not be like generate like a generational like bump, but if you put out new material, you're putting out new material. So somebody's right, but I gonna, guess what, I guess somebody's going to hear it for the first time, and someone's going to say, "Oh, I've never heard this before." Like this band's pretty cool, or this band's all right. So if I go back to my point, they started out back in seventy three, seventy four. Mm-hmm. Until the current day, they've written the same music. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. The yeah. music has never changed, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. No, they, they had their style. thing; they stuck with it. That was them, and you know it was them. I don't know that that music today is still relevant and going to pick up mm-hmm. new new young fans. Sure. 
That's my point with it. No, I, it, I, I see what you're saying. I think the difference with ACDC is like they've, they're actually gen- they, they've they've withstand the test of time. Well, you know what, and and it goes with uh, parents who listen to music and expose their children to That's said true. music. Mm-hmm. Some kids will pick up on, hey, my dad listened to this yep. and it was cool, and I remember hanging well, out with my dad and listening to these songs. And now I'm going to get I see to the see hat you're wearing. We're both we're both major Patriot fans. What's what's still a uh, what's still an anthem at Gillette Stadium? Like they start every game with Thunderstruck. Uh, I mean, it happens. Yeah, so it gets mean. you jacked. Mm-hmm. Even so, like concerts, they open like the music that plays behind while everyone's setting up. You have ACDC. You know, that's always one of the songs they throw on. So there. when Thunderstruck is being played by Axel, Angus, and uh, however many no names that they want to pull across, I mean, is that still authentic? Like, because you authentic, know, no, you yeah. know, these bastards are going to still charge a hundred, hundred plus oh, a ticket sure. for me to go to Gillette Stadium. And see this clown show, pretty much a cover band, mm-hmm. with Angus. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to throw this out there. Like, I saw Boston semi-recently, a couple years ago. There's literally one original member. That is it. And it's all new people. So, I mean, when you, when you hear it, you're like, okay, it's Boston. But then when you see it, you're like, okay, well, it's kind of Boston. You know what I mean? You, it's, it's the same thing. So, I mean, I'm, and I'm all about people making money when they can. I think we talked about this like that other episode, like when it comes to like sellouts. I don't believe in it. Like when somebody actually accuses an artist of selling out, I don't believe in that. And the, what, what, my, what my joke was, if somebody walked through that door, said, I will pay you $8 million to play this set. I'd be like, my name is Mark. This is my new single. I get that. Or this is Mark. You make your career, you take what you can if somebody offers you a new job, not even musically, they're going to pay you more money. You're going to take it. Look at football players. Who I, yeah, I was just going to say. I guess my, I guess, so I guess Same my concern is, is, is Angus doing this just to put bu- like bucks in his pocket because he can? I don't think so. See, I, I think he loves music. So right, I don't I, think he wants to stop. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So why not do what anybody else would do? Like, why not go solo? Why can't this be like the Angus Young I experience? think he, in my opinion, I mean, I think he's, past his solo career I think he's yeah but you can't tell me that nobody in the world doesn't know who Angus Young is and I and I get that I think that ACDC was his life think about it probably all he had not only his life but his family so you're gonna make me the asshole by saying this is sentimental for him of course it is sentimental even with Axl Rose and why wouldn't it be you're with you're you're with you're with those members of the band. Not only was one of them his brother, but you're with those guys touring on the road, writing music. They, they become your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you have. I mean, and I, I said it before, even with my little cover band, it was those guys were my brothers. Those mm-hmm. were my best friends. So to, to, to have, you know, ACDC with twice as many years into it, and, and, and way more time invested mm-hmm. than I do. All right, I that's see what you're saying, but I'm just like, that's not what he's doing, though. See, like, my he's, thing would he's be... He's writing new music as ACDC, and but it's thing. him. If you, if you play out as ACDC with someone else, it's one thing, but to write new material and be like, this is ACDC, I think that it's a little different when you have a whole different... Let me actually flip this on the, axle, on, the, on the axle side of it. How did, how did the world respond to Guns N' Roses? Well, their last album when sl- when, it was when Slash and every like when he had that that ridiculous dude wearing the KFC bucket on uh, his bucket head, head. Oh. like how how was Guns N' Roses perceived? 
It was terrible. Like, why is it okay for ACDC to... Because Angus Young is awesome. <laughs> sorry. That's, <laughs> no, that's it. Because everybody I loves... Ev- my point. It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know what? Tragically, your boys are gone. <laughs> like, everybody loves Angus. That's it. So... And why wouldn't he want to do what, what he does for as long as he can? Right. So I, if... Uh, I don't... That is the end of this episode. Signing off for two dudes who think you give a shit about their opinion. This is Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack. See you next time.